does my family love me? I mean, crazy things like that were in my, were in my thoughts. And I, and I really didn't know where this was coming from. It was not like me, but I was gripped with those fears, just suddenly gripped with, with reality. And also thinking about uh, Monday, that was the night when I had to start preparing for, 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 the, for what, you know, what, what God, what do you want me to speak about? But I had all these negative thoughts just gripped in me, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't understand. So I actually, on my way back, Try to reach out to Skok, couldn't get hold of him. Thought, okay, fine. I got back home because um, I, I just I didn't know how to cope with these feelings that these negative thoughts. I just got gripped by. Went back. We had to, we had to make certain decisions on uh, on a, an event. And Yolanda asked me about it, and I actually said, listen, I don't think I should make a decision now. I'm not in the right space. Let's not do it. And even there, it's just these things bouncing off and actually so bad, I decided I'm actually going to go to bed, and it was 9 o'clock, I don't go to bed at 9, I give it off to 11, just trying to get rid of this feeling of, of I couldn't cope with life, it was just too much, well, how am I going to deal with this, and again, Monday I had to prepare, and I've got two weeks, Rich always says, make sure you're ready, prepare, don't leave it for the last minute, God, what do you want to speak to me about, and I, and I did, I had nothing, so bad that I actually said, I'm a fake. I'm going to phone Richard tomorrow morning. I'm telling him I'm not going to preach. I haven't got my own thoughts sorted out. How do you expect me to bring a message of encouragement to you guys? Anyway, so went to bed, 9 o'clock. Again, prayed. Then Afrikaans and English didn't make sense. It didn't, like, words doesn't even make sense. So fortunately, we got another language we can speak. So I, sp- I prayed in the Spirit, fell asleep. Thank you, Father. I fell asleep at whatever time. And then the next morning got up to, at the moment I'm doing a race with, uh, a race we're doing with Skok. I don't know how he got me into this thing, but anyway, we're doing a trans 230 kilometers on one day, so we have to prepare for this thing. 4.30 in the morning, I got up for spinning, because that's what we have to do now. He's given me a whole program, we have to do this so many hours, so uh, 4.30, this is the guy that didn't take my call the previous day. Anyway, I, <laughs> so, but then we'll get to that later. Um. 4.30, got up, okay, and then still not 100%, hundreds with life. Um, got to the spinning class at 5 o'clock. He wasn't there. I thought, okay, I, sh- I didn't want to come anyway. I mean, I don't feel, why, why, anyway. Got there, start, and then he came in a bit late, and I kept, I kept a spot for him. I think he sat other way, and I said, Skok, I get, I get feel plucky by my. But when I looked at his face, he looked tired. Obviously, he would be tired 5 o'clock in the morning, but he looked extremely tired. And uh, as we started spinning, that's when the, I really I felt like God dropped it in my spirit that, um, you know, I don't want to be emotional, but uh, that he wants me to bring hope to people. I think there's a lot of people, that feeling that I had, that's not of me. He said, I want you to bring hope to people, to know that they need to fix their eyes on me. Um, they need to know that they need to fix their they gaze on the prize that awaits them when they have fought the good fight, they've run the race, and they have remained faithful to the end. He wanted me to bring hope to the downcast, to the down and out, to the hopeless, ready to give up, who can't see the light from the tunnel. He wants me to bring hope to you. And to this morning, I believe, so hopefully I'm going to help myself through it. There's hope. There's a future. We sang about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. It's all about Him. And this morning, my prayer is to bring it to you guys, is that um, there's hope. 
there's, there's a certain tool we're going to go through with you, and I pray that it will be helpful to you. Um, so the disclaimer is, I don't know what's happening in your individual lives. I mean, I, I profess to know this, profess to know what's, I don't know what it's about. What I do know is one thing, is the enemy, John 10, 10, is there to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's his mission. Um, 1 Peter 5, 8, that's my Christiana. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. So Satan, he hates God. He hates his people. He's full of schemes to knock your faith, to get your thoughts, to, to get into your thoughts to make doubts. He wants doubts. He wants to doubt your ability. He wants, you, he wants to grip you in fear. That's, that's his plan. He wants you to be anxious for everything. That's his plans. You know, God hasn't given us, we know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, those are the areas actually that he attacks. If you think about it, power, he attacks us, and that's it. He says, um, power is our ability. So what does he tell you? He tells you, you, you won't amount to anything. Your abilities are weak. That's it. You're a failure. You're a loser. Everything that you touch will fail. So it, 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 it touches that area. Next one is love. Is your affirmation. What do people think of you? Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. They didn't greet me. Daniel didn't greet me, so therefore he must hate me. That did greet me, but I'm just saying. So he, that thing, he, he, he attacks those areas. And the last thing is your mind. He wants to get into your mind. He wants to turn those thoughts from, from what God, and we can talk about his promises later, to negative thoughts. He wants to get, he wants you to be gripped in fear. That you will say things like, um, everything will go wrong. Everything always goes wrong. Bad things will happen. I will lose my job. I will have bad relationship. My life suck. Uh, you'll get into your thoughts. And that you start thinking about these things. So those are the areas he gets into. As a result, we're gripped in fear. Gripped in fear. But we need to remember that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Power, love, and a sound mind. So we go through those things this morning, and I pray that as we finish, that I give you some tools. A lot of these tools we know, but I think we always default, and we, we don't do it. Then we have to start going back again. Okay, let's start doing it again. And it is a daily task. It is daily take up your cross and follow me. It is work hard to show the result of your salvation. It is a daily discipline. It's not an easy fix. Come, pray, and it's over. It's not going to be over. It's going to be a continuous thing. But we have overcome by the power of the blood. Okay, so the, the main scripture, if you have Bibles, if you have apps, just go to Titus 1. I'm going to go through 1 and 2. This is sort of this key scripture that I'm going to work through today. Um, it's a letter from Paul. I'm going to read yeah, it's the same thing. So a letter from Paul. A slave of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I have been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen, to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. This truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promises them before the word began. Amazing piece of scripture. If you really unpack that, a lot of the stuff we want, we need, is actually in there. So just some key words out of that passage is, all of us need to proclaim faith. Faith to those God has chosen. It is a responsibility of all of us, not just Paul, because... Scripture somewhere, he says, 
imitate me like I imitate Christ. We need to imitate what Paul's done. Paul has done this. He has gone out there and he's proclaimed faith to Jesus. We need to encourage others. The second thing is we need to know the truth. A lot of what we do, a lot of what we, we've got the Holy Spirit, we've got each other, but we've got the Bible. So we need to know the truth. And what does the truth know? It does? It helps us to live godly lives. That's what it does. It shows you the way, the path. And then also the other thing is it gives you confidence that you have eternal life. It's about eternity. We, and we often lose sight. We, we're so stuck in the now, we don't think about what's coming. So I just want to go through those things with us today to know that there is more to life than this. We need to reach out. We know what's eternal price, know what eternity is about. So the first thing I felt God told me to, to speak to you about is to, and it's going to be quite weird, but I'm going to say it, is to stop focus on yourself. Um, we tend to do, we, we tend to look at us, my problems, where I'm at, and it's normal. We, I mean, we know what's happening with life. Everything is going up. But there's something about focusing on other people, not on your circumstances. Try and reach out. So that I want to go to, one, to Philippians 2, um, 3, and 3 to 5, and I'm going to paraphrase the other ones as well. It says, and this is Jesus, don't be selfish. Don't try and impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. Verse 6, um, though he was God, he gave up his divine privileges, took on the humble position as a servant, humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death on a cross. Um, so I think I've done 7 and 8 together there. And verse 9 is, therefore God elevated him to a place of the highest honor, giving him the name above all names. The point there is, Jesus King of kings, Lord of lords, came down not to be praised by people. That wasn't his intention. He came here to seek and save the lost. And we have to have the same attitude. So one thing I would want us to start focusing on, and we've spoken about, spoken, my Afrikaans, English almost up. We, um, we speak about serving, getting involved. And I really feel that's one of the keys that we need to do when we, we tend to isolate ourselves. When things happen, we tend to isolate. And, and Skog spoke about the isolation we shouldn't isolate. We, it's important for us to reach out, to get, um, uh, get involved in the things of, 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 not church, but with people. You need to love God, love His people, reach out to people, get to, get to know people, start focusing on people, see how they are doing. Because when you tend to focus just on yourself, it's a spiral, it, 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 and it drags you down. So the key there is, even when we look at the Great Commission, there's a Great Commission that Jesus gave to his disciples before he left. He didn't say, Huddle, get in your, get in your um, rooms. Although this is when you do is he says, go and make disciples. That was his, 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 it's a thing of go, of give, of serve. Go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all my commandments and be sure of this. I will be with you. Isn't that an amazing promise that God gives us? When we go, when we venture out, although we don't feel like it, mostly we don't feel like it, we don't want to see people, he says, go, tell your story, go reach out, go encourage, go do something. It might seem, it's seem weird in your mind, the promise is there that he will, he'll be with you, he will, he will um, um, walk with you. So if you feel alone, lack presence, reach out and make disciples. Reach out and tell your story. Reach out and serve. Um, 
the promise that he gives us that he'll be with us. And don't we all want him to be with us? So that's Jesus' word that he said. So it's important that we change our attitude. We need to change our attitude. We heard about it a lot. We need to change our attitude of not receiving but giving, not wanting but go and get out. And that's going to be a challenge for a lot of us. It's not easy. I'm, I'm not professing to say that it's easy. It is difficult to do it, but let's do. Let's have the same attitude that our Lord and Savior had when he came to earth, is to reach out there. There's a dying world out there that needs to be saved. We need to do that. Um, and then there was, I wanted to talk about isolation, that verse that Skulk broke, spoke about. Maybe just put it up one more time. Just Ecclesiastics is 4. It's a long, big word for me. 4, 9 to 10. I love this thing. We can't do life alone. Never isolate. Get people around you. Sorry. 4, 9, 10, and I think I get it in your mind. What it effectively says is walk with somebody. If you walk alone, chances are good that you're going to fall. If you walk with somebody, that somebody will tell you, watch out, look out, here's your shortcomings. Get somebody that you can be accountable to and walk that road with him. Don't do it by yourself. Reach out. Often I hear stories of people, they don't reach out soon enough. Only when they proverbially hit the fan, that's when they reach out. It's too late you, when you know things are coming. And walk with somebody that can tell you, Brian, watch, I've seen this. The way you speak to your wife, the way you need to have a counter, it's so important. I really want to stress the importance of that. Find somebody alongside you. And not somebody that tells you what you want to hear. Somebody that will be able to speak the truth in love. That is important. So get those guys that you sometimes make sure you check in with them. Like, on my way back, I want to check in with Scott. What's, what, where is this coming from? But then you need to have another one as well. So uh, it's great. It's great. It's great. I, I really walk with, with, with people that, that, that walks around with him. That's godly like you want to be. That's the one. The second thing I felt God says is for us is to know the truth. We need to know the truth because it helps us to live a godly life. Um, the truth, as we know, is the Bible. It's the Word of God. We need to know it. We need to meditate on it. We need to yearn and long for it like daily bread. Um, it gives us life. It gives us direction. Bible is critical. We have to have it every day. We've got a, we've got a prayer group WhatsApp thing going in the mornings where we check in to say that we've, had, we've spent quiet time. It's a good thing. It really sometimes helps us just to remind it to go in and spend time on the Word. It is daily yearn. Seek. So I'm going to talk a bit about that. Um, it's... Psalm 919 says, It's a lamp unto our feet, it's a light unto our path. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is full of... Is that? Yeah. For the word of God is full of living power. It's sharper than the sharpest knife, cutting deep into our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes us for what we really are. We need that every day. We need to be exposed. We need to be shown what, what road to take. Last time, I think Richard spoke about the 7,000 promises in the Word. Actually, the seven seven one four seven. there's plenty of promises um, that we've mentioned about. We also need to know that the devil comes and he comes to tax us, tax us in our ability, like we said, our affirmation and our negative thoughts. And I just want to quickly touch on negative thoughts. Um, Negative thinking and the effects of that in our lives. So I'm not going to give it much coverage, but 
that's a reality is what happens, is that's the area where the devil comes and attacks us, is our thinking, the way we think. It starts off small. So the definition, and might be a dumbed-down version of the definition, but it says negative thinking makes you feel blue about the world, about yourself, and about the future. It contributes to low self-worth. It makes you feel you are not effective in the world. Psychologists links negative thinking to depression, anxiety, chronic worry, and obsessive-compulsive disorder, OCD. Um, so it's things like, I'm not good enough, I can't do it, I'm not as lucky as that person, I will never own that or drive that or have that ability, I should, I should be much better now. At 50, I should have done, had more. Or so those thoughts come thinking, the thoughts come into your mind, and, and it's obviously we know the instigator of all of those thoughts. The devil comes and he wants us to doubt our, our power, who we are in Christ. That nobody loves me, although we know nothing can separate us from the love of Christ and our mind. The word says we've actually now, as Christians, we've been given the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ, yet he attacks those areas. Um, so I actually want to warn you to be careful who you spend time with, what you read, what you look, what you look at. So Facebook, those Facebook friends that come with weird, wonderful ideas. YouTube, YouTube channel is dangerous. Goes on a trail and you see that you like the next one. You go and then you go into the spiral. That's what does. Or you listen to teachers on that you, you like what they say and you actually don't know them, but you like the story they're talking because it actually justifies what you're in. And you start watch out. Don't do that. Rather spend time listening to people that you know. You, they can you be accountable to, and it has fruit. Don't listen to every all the weird and wonderful things out there. Two Timothy one, um, two Timothy four. Sorry, one two four says the following: I solemnly urge you, in the presence of God and Christ, who will someday judge the living and the dead, when He comes to set up His kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct rebuke, encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desire and will look at teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. And that's where you'll hear things. It's not necessarily based on the truth, but it sounds good and you'll, you go down that rabbit hole and the effects of it could be could be fatal. You you're living a lie. You you believing a lie, and who is ultimately behind it? Satan's behind it. So this happens when we isolate, when we focus on self, stop believing Satan. Don't focus on the promises that God has given us, and but we so we need to know the word, and that's going to be a daily discipline. Getting up, getting into the Bible. It's freely available. We need to get there. So there's a lot of promises. And I just quickly want to touch on 10. So just to give you guys, there's, there's more. There's 7,000 more. Just want to look at 10 promises that God has given us. Um, so if you need strength, God promised to strengthen us. In Ephesians 3, 14 to 16, he says that according to the riches of his glory, he might grant you strength with the power through the Spirit. So he, he guarantees you power through the Spirit. If you need rest, God promised to give you rest. 
in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, he says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is, is light. When we need rest, he gives us rest. Um, if you, has anybody here got needs? God promised to take care of our needs. Philippians 4.19, And this is the same God who takes care of me, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches. There's no limit to his glorious riches. And from that point, he will supply your needs, which he has given to us in Christ Jesus. For, uh, for us who are in Christ Jesus, he will supply our needs. Any prayers that needs to be answered, guess what? There's a promise for that as well. Um, Matthew 7.7 7 says, Ask and I will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be, and the door will be opened. God answers prayers. Um, and then when we're going through tough times, often we go through tough times. I'm not sure. Am I going to see you through it? In Romans 8, 28, we also know this one is, and I know that God causes everything to work together for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So when you go through a tough time, that's when you can take this promise and call him this promise. God promised to be with you. Um, Joshua 1, 5 says, I will not fail you or abandon you. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dis discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How often do we get discouraged? How often do we feel we can't make it? That's when we need to get into the Word, need to know the promises, and need to meditate and declare these victories over our life, these promises when Satan comes with the tax. Um, let's just finish it. I don't want to go on. Um, God promised to protect you. So then he declares about, Lord, um, he alone is my refuge, my place of safety. And there's more promises. Um, maybe another one is, I think that's often the love part, where we feel like, sure, man, I've now, I've, almost said the word, but I've now messed up. I've now made something. That I, there's no way she's going to give me for this. And that's where he says in Romans 8, 38, 39, he says, For I am... Um, I'm sure of that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things that to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, no, nothing else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Effectively, it says that nothing can separate us from His love. When we do feel, when we are under attack, when it attacks our affirmation who we are in Christ, that's where we can call up this, this scripture and say, this is what God declares about me. Um, and then everlasting life. I'm talking about the, my last point, everlasting life. For God so loved the world, John 3, 6, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. We need to know these things. So it's important that we, that we know these, these, these promises. When we meditate on it day and night, not, and not just know it, but live it, it will transform, it should transform our patterns from negative to positive. It should. Remember, we've got the mind of Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, declare we've got the mind of Christ. It's important for us to be positive in all these things. So just practical, how do we do it? I think we know that there's certain triggers that triggers us when that we know anxiety, those anxiety triggers. It's important for us. So practically, how do we do it? We need to list it. Why do we list it? It's important to put it on paper, I think, because then it won't, 
it went along with choke us. Choke hold us uh, where you, you're not allowed to talk about those fears you've got. So list it. Then we go into Scripture. There's for every, um, uh, every situation that you might have, there's a Scripture that can counter that. Write down those Scriptures. Then we need to meditate on the Scriptures. We need to meditate. Thing on Scriptures is where we thoughtfully and deliberately think about God's Word. Those ones I've just mentioned and 7,000 more, not just about that, is when you under attack, when those trigger, when he talks about your, your my fearing death or not amount to anything, that's where we need to call on these things. We need to meditate on the words. And then obviously speak it. Display it. It sounds bizarre, but we need to display it. We are encountering it day in, day out. We come and there's, that the devil comes and he brings anxiety to us. That's when we have to take our thoughts captive. Um, 2 Corinthians 10 um, Verse 5 says in the ESV, and those are the arguments. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive that obey Christ. This is now when we have to take those thoughts, those negative thoughts that comes in, we need to take that captive and then proclaim the truth, the promise that God gave us. We need to proclaim it over, over the word. So we need to speak the word speak truth, speak life of our circumstances. And it's a, it's a physical thing that we have to do. There's no easy fix there. We need to live it. I don't know whether Josh is here today. Josh is not here today. Um, on his life, man, I, when we do prayer meetings, often when he prays, you can hear that's a guy that spent a lot of time in the Word. He proclaims the Word. He, he, he's, he uh, prays over the Word. He speaks the Word. So when things come, he'd be able to recall and say, no, 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 this is, what the, this is what Satan might say, but this is the report of the Lord. We need to know the truth. We need to speak the truth over our circumstances. And then, oh, and then the last thing that I want to talk about is something we lose sight of so often. We get so stuck in where we're at in life, in the worries, in the troubles we go through. One of the things the truth does, the word does, it gives us confidence of eternal life. Eternal life is coming. That's what it's all about. So we shouldn't lose sight of eternity. We shouldn't lose sight of the eternal reward. Um, because of Jesus, what Jesus has done for us, we should no longer live for ourselves. We like to live for ourselves. We, we knew in Christ. And I just want to go through some verses there. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 says, Whatever we do, it's because Christ's love controls us. Does His love control you? Since we believe that Christ died for everyone, we also believe that we have all died to the old life we used to live. A difficult thing, but that's what we do. So we believe that Christ died for us, and if we believe that He died for us, we should also believe that we've died to the old life. Verse 15 says, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live to please themselves. Instead, they will live to please Christ who died and was raised for them. Um, I think there for me it is important to know that um, it's a new life we live now. It's something we need to, we need to start thinking about the things above where we Christ, we, we, what Christ is and what He's called us to be. Um, so we need to live for Christ. 
we die to our old self. We, need, we rise into a new life. He, he's called us to long for Jesus. And we sang a song this morning about longing to be with him. Is that something that we really long for daily? Or we just we still want to, so got a lot of things that we'd like to get through now before he comes. Do we eagerly await for his return to come? Is he the one that controls our lives in a way that he's called us to do? And often we, I think we're just stuck into things here on earth and that consumes us. And he actually says, think about things above. Um, in Colossians 3, 1 to 3, he says, Since we have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights and realities on heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you die to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in, in God. I think it's difficult. I think it's really difficult for us to, to uh, believe these things. And then again, that's where we need to come back to what he says in his word. Really stand on the promises of his word where he says that we are now in a new life. The, the, the life we live is not for ourselves. We live for Christ. That's what he wants to do. He wants us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. When things get rough, when things get busy, we need to go, be able to go back there, not focus on ourselves, focus on him, focus on Christ, knowing that we have run the good race. Um, 2 Timothy, last year, 2 Timothy 4, 7 to 8. Um, and this is what I, I think, this is what we, when one day, be, when Christ returns, this should be what we would like to say about ourselves. Obviously, he's going to say good and faithful. Will he be able to save you, good and faithful servant? So in 3, it says, since you have been raised, uh, sorry, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful, and now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to, this, to his appearing. That's what we are able to say one day. Have you run your race? Have you fought the good fight? Have you remained faithful? How do we do that? We gather together with, with God's people, We've, we definitely, we, we, we huddle together, we know his word, um, and we look forward to that day when he's going to return. So we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, um, knowing that we've run the race, we fought the fight, and we've remained faithful. So in summary, I just, there's, uh, so there's a lot of stuff that I might have spoken to you about, but I really feel important for me is we need to have the same attitude as Christ had. We need to not be inward focus. We need to be outward focus. We need to not live for ourselves. We need to serve people. Get involved, giving, serving. Second thing is know the word. Stand on his promises. The word is true for all of us. When Satan comes with his attacks, when he wants to make us negative, we can stand on the promises that God has given us in his word, available to all of us to be able to read, meditate on it daily. And then we need to seek the kingdom first. Often we don't. We, we seek our own little things first. And, and he's called us to seek the kingdom first. Um, live for eternity, not conforming to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. We need to be changed. This is what the word does. The word changes. The Holy Spirit changes us. Do not focus on ourselves, but focus on the kingdom. And then um, bad company corrupts. 
Never isolate from the body of Christ. Attend community. Attend church. Get a godly, accountable partners to be able to keep you accountable, to be able to run this race. Two is better than one. And then, uh, yeah, just in closing for me, is uh, it is a daily, it's a daily slog. It's not easy. We need to know it. But it's not, we're not alone. I think the great thing we know is that we've got, we've got the Holy Spirit inside of us, the hope of glory inside of us. We've got His Word available to us so we can counter the, the arguments. We spoke about, not spoke about that, but when Satan comes, we have to have the full armor. We have to have the shield of faith, um, the, the sword of, of uh, the Spirit, which is the Word, and the breastplate of, of, of righteousness. All those things we need to have that available to be able to take on the onslaughts of Satan. And then important to get together um, as, 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 uh, as believers.